What happened? Daniel? <laughs> you mean last night or do you mean the nights preceding last night? Two nude guys in a cabin in the woods. Yep. Yep. Exactly what it sounds like. Alrighty. Please input your new name. Ash, A-S-H-E. And you see a rather large figure, but he's completely draped head to toe in some very thick padded black cloth. And you see that he's wearing what seems to almost be like a welding mask in front of his face with just a slight visor. But what's the horseshoe for? I don't see any horses. This town has an interesting, almost obsession, it seems like, with the moon. But I guess I figure since they said they were fishermen and that would require knowledge of the currents and the tides and the moon. Yeah, you got interesting point. Maybe they really hate werewolves. All right, Ash, where are you headed? All right, Ash, where are... Oh, wait, that's me. That's you. Uh, <laughs> you don't even know your own name. You just paid $15 for it. Hey everybody, welcome back to Sword Art Online Odd. This is Season 3, Episode 2. Uh, we're back at it again with our lovable Daniel and Mohit. Uh, so go ahead and introduce thine selves. Hello, I am Daniel. I play Daniel because I am very original. Daniel, the character, is the resident cleric of the group. I heal people when I feel like it. If they're deserving. If they're, de yeah, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> I also like building things, which I don't really get to do that often, unfortunately, but I am now kind of a, well, I'm repaying a blacksmith, so now I get to build lots of things. Woo. And hi, I'm Mohit. I play Ash. I'm the resident bard of the group, bard slash monk. Um, my goal in the, my, my role in the guild is to, boost my allies and navigate the land with my high charisma and your incredible bartering skills my amazing incredible bartering, bartering skills. skills you got that chain for effectively free except selling your friend <laughs> yep you sold your friend for a 50 foot metal chain i want you and to i know. almost and i would have gotten away <laughs> with it if you weren't for you meddling kids and your darn blacksmith all right uh, so, wherein last we left off, uh, give me a real quick recap. Uh, we met the blacksmith, we talked with some townspeople, I'm now hired by the blacksmith, we also talked with the florist, Ash is going to meet with the florist this morning. We are reawakening in the small town of Lunka, as you have been informed, after having met the blacksmith and the florist the previous day. You also took a brief stop at the Full Moon Tavern and met a lovely lady named Idris. But since then, you have found yourself back at a mysterious cabin you found just slightly outside in the woods. 
Daniel, uh, after having used your chain and finally broken free from it this morning, you do recall that a debt is owed to the blacksmith because you don't have too much worldly possessions on you right now. You, you had to steal some clothes from an abandoned cabin and you had to sell yourself as a, effectively an endangered servant for two weeks in order to pay off for some 50 foot of chain. Hey, it's worth it if I don't have to eat something that we're not quite sure about and it could Has just be little mark. cute woodland animals. Just imagine all the dead squirrels and rabbits <laughs> it could be. You have a pile of them. Throw them around like ragdolls. It'd be great. Ash waking up nude in the backyard. Okay. Daniel. Um, I do. Neither of you have clothes. Daniel. <laughs> I w- Before you transformed into a werewolf, you remember wearing clothes. I'm going to grab clothes from the closet. Daniel, Daniel, you find yourself um, in effectively the same area in which you were when you lost consciousness and are assuming you transformed into a werewolf. Uh, But all that is around you is shredded and torn, outgrown bits of fabric, which are kind of laying on the ground. Are there any more pieces of clothing left that are whole that Ash got yesterday? Yes, you check the dresser in the room and you see that there are about four more sets still remaining. I'm going to put one of those sets on. Great. So it's just very standard, very bland, um, like tannish gray pants and a a white shirt. I'm going to go look for clothes as well. Um, What do I find? You find that there are now three sets of clothes remaining in this dresser. Oh my lord, they all look the same? Now question, I can't remember what did you do with your red jacket last episode? No, I, I mean, I kept it. It was on your person? Yeah. R.I.P. No. R.I.P. Red Jacket. No. Press F in the chat. Red Jacket dead. So ah. there's still an entire closet of other various jackets, but none of them are that red jacket. What 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 colors are they? You've, you've got like a brown, like Ew. a tanned leather, a green one, like a dark forest green a jack a okay. black jet like a black i'll take it like i'll take a black jacket you'll take the black yeah. kind of like overthrow yeah, okay, yeah cool. i'll do that not a problem all right and with that it is about 8 a.m in the morning oh my god daniel we got to get to our respective jobs well my job your meeting to meet yeah that's a good way of putting it all right all right let's go let's go all so right I, so i'm going to jog run jog run Jog run. Jog Rog. Rog. Okay, you're you're rogging. I'm, I'm rogging to, to the blacksmith. I'm going to fashionably speed walk to the forest. Like power walk it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, get like I'm coming back from Soul Cycle. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good, good power strut. Get get the like good elbow wave going. A little bit of the, the torso Soul twist. Cycle. Sponsor us. Sponsor us. Do you know where you're going, Mohit? I know where the florist is. So you're, you want to go back to the florist's? I, yeah, I have a, we have a like a like a backdoor meeting there, right? E, Sixty forty. It, it's, it's. I'm not telling like a, you the instructions. No, that. I thought it was like go through a sewer or something. Sewer. Was it sewer or was it amazing? Um. So you guys are walking down through the forest, which leads from the log cabin down into the main part of the town, and you guys are like about to split off and Ash can see the forest on his left hand side and do you say anything? Hey Daniel, where am I going? I'm just going to blink a few times uh, so you're gonna go to the forest, you know, the one outside the town. Mm-hmm. You're gonna look for a small clearing I- and then there should be a rock and under that rock 
There's going to be a trap door. Under that rock with the trap door. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Just don't die, please. I okay, prefer okay, not okay. to be alone. I'm going to go off to that rock. Thanks, Daniel. All right, Bye. so do you, do you choose split off? I, yeah, I'm gonna. Go, I'm just gonna keep going to the blacksmith. All right, great. So Daniel's following the main town roads. Meanwhile, Ash, you break off and start heading to your left, while you are right out back behind the florist shop. Mm-hmm. It's kind of early in the morning. You don't see anyone around. Uh, so I'm going to go find that rock. Did you just start like walking around? No, I go. I go. I go through the through the florist shop. Do so you go to the florist shop? Yeah, I thought it was... Oh, yeah, I go around the florist shop, right? You're already out back behind the florist shop. Okay, okay, I look around. Can I roll a perception check sure, to see if I find sure, a rock? Sure, absolutely. Okay. This is, you're looking for a rock. Nat crit, what do you want from me? 50, 50, what do you want? Do I find the rock? All right, so around this shop, do you see many rocks? Uh, with your eagle vision, you see... Numerous amounts of rocks, uh, many stones and pebbles also used to outline various, uh, like, fences and gating ways and, like, the perimeters of houses. But with your perception, you also see behind uh, that there seems to be a faint clearing, very thin trail leading out further deeper into the forest. Okay, I'm going to go take that deeper trail. Okay. Also fashionably speed walking in case anyone's watching. Fashionably speed walking. Yeah. Okay. Let me. I gotta. I don't gotta worry. Put on don't, my don't, don't, don't worry. People. People are watching you fashionably speed walking. Good. Good. Um, good. But you don't. You don't, you don't see anyone. Trying to make a good impression. Uh, you. Town. You. It is early in the morning. The sun has just barely risen. Uh, it's basically at the uh, crack of dawn, and you're you're power walking through the woods, kind of getting. Sp- Smacked by uh, a couple of th- some thicket and some branches. I ignore it. Uh, I, fixing my hair as I go through. Amazing. Making yes. sure you look fashionable upon uh-huh. arrival. It's a meeting. Um, uh, it's yeah. true. Very business. Uh, bu- business casual. Uh, as yes. Going through this very thinly cleared trail, eventually you get to almost what seems to be a dead end where uh, you're just surrounded by trees. It seems very, very dense directly in front of you. Can I roll another perception check to see if I'm looking for a big rock? Sure, sure. You are looking for a big rock in the middle of the trees. Let's see. <laughs> 27. So you do manage to part the branches in front of you slightly uh, as you're peering around because you find it odd. There's nothing but a bunch of pine trees and needles laying on the ground around you. Uh, and you're kind of stuck in the middle of this thicket and you push through and you see a small clearing on the other end of this thicker patch of trees. And in it, there is a very, very large rock. Big rock. Big rock. I'm going to use my zero strength modifier to push that rock. Amazing. Okay. Great plan. How do I do this? (laughs) All right, so you walk up to this rock and let me tell you, this rock is almost as tall as you are. Oh my God. The big rock. Okay, okay, okay. It's like... I don't even know how how to express to you the lar- the, the like the girth of this rock. It is a you thick seem stone. you seem really excited to describe this rock. It's a big rock. Okay, like this is like Mufasa would take Simba up on this rock, and it would like, be like everything a, you see, and he wouldn't the, be able to see anything past all the trees, but everything the light touches, you understand yeah, exactly all of these <laughs> ten trees. Right, it's like this is like a six foot tall rock, but it's a very nice okay. rock. Yeah, 
Very bold very... of you to assume that I'm, <laughs> that I'm less than six feet tall. Aren't you less than six feet tall? I am. I'm five foot nine. Say, yeah. <laughs> so the rock's a little larger than you are. So, so you go up and uh, roll strength on this rock. 17. <laughs> Uh, do I add zero? Can I add zero? To yeah, that? you can add zero to that. Yes. So what's your what's your total? Seventeen. Amazing. So you come up to this rock, and as you came directly from the path, you are pushing headfirst straight into the rock, kind of like ramming your shoulder into it, like heaving, digging your feet into the ground. You're, this is, you're not able to get any traction. Yeah. And the rock, the rock doesn't budge. It doesn't. Not in the slightest. Not even an inch. Not okay. Wait. It doesn't even feel like the rock wants to move. The rock firmly does not believe in moving. It is anti-moving. It's got squatters rights. You have no idea how long this rock has been here, man. This rock has a story. Did you even ask its name before you started pushing it? Okay, okay, okay. Good point. Good point. <laughs> um, can I perception check the rock to sure. see if it's sentient? Yeah, you get perception check the sentient rock. That's fine. Oh God, thirteen. <laughs> All right, it grows up out of the ground. No, um, there's. It seems to be a very average rock. Uh, but as you're poking around the sides and you're looking around this rock, you do notice that. Directly beside the rock to the right of it is an patch of disturbed grass where it seems like the dirt is kind of messed up there. All right. And I'm it's gonna... about the same size mm-hmm. as the rock. Seemingly the size of a trap door, if you will. Ooh. Um, can I, am I supposed to a perception check or do I, do I, can I just open it? Open, open what? Can I just try to mess around the disturbed grass to, yeah. to see if they're... Okay, I'll Go do that. Go for it. What do, you, what do you do? You start, like, putting your hand... Like, trying to stick your hand in the bit. Okay, okay. All right. I'm going to perception check again. Yeah, 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 yeah. 12. 12. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. But, so I want you to understand. Thank the Lord heavens I didn't roll a one. Okay. okay. So you're in a clearing, right? Uh-huh. There's a rock. Big rock. Big rock. Mm-hmm. Here's you in front of Big Rock. Yes, yes. You tried pushing this way. Nothing happened. You tried pushing straight forward towards it. There's a patch of disturbed dirt and some dead grass directly beside the rock. It's a pressure plate. That is almost identically sized to said rock. It's a pressure plate. Okay, 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 okay. Here here we go. I'm going to go to the left. So of the rock. The left? Okay, yeah, this the way? left of the rock. Oh, so your left, facing directly towards the rock, you walk around the side the of it. The opposite side of that supposed pressure. Right. Okay, and then I'm going to push as hard as I can. Roll strength. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, eight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> eight plus zero. <laughs> eight plus zero. Ash, you, you, are, you are a majestic creature here. Um, Real real quick, uh, roll a perception check. Can I roll a charisma check? You can, you, <laughs> Yes, you will roll a diplomacy check. this sixteen. This rock to get out of sixteen the way. is my is my perception check. As you begin to lean on the rock from this direction, you actually hear the faint rusted metal kind of grinding on top one another as if some wheels begin to turn. And as you push the rock, it slowly begins. And like it, you're, you're kind of struggling as it feels like some rust is almost breaking off uh, or, or the friction due to the mass of the rock is difficult. But as you push it, you slowly begin to see that there are metal tracks underneath 
of the rock, and it seems as if there are wheels under it as well to push it to the side. Oh, uh, yeah, I keep pushing it towards that pressure plate. All right, so, so you push it away a, a little bit further, and then you see, actually, underneath the center of the rock, there is a trap door. Yay! Is the, is the rock on the pressure plate yet? How do I open the trap door? I'm going to move the rock to the pressure plate. Okay, you move the rock all the way to the side. Does anything happen? There's a trap door. Okay, I'm gonna roll a perception check sure. to try to open that to open that trap door. Great. Yeah, amazing. Go for it. Fourteen. There's a handle. I'm gonna on, pull on the, the handle on the trap door. I'm pull the I'm gonna pull the handle. Great. And there, there's there's no pressure plate. It's just a rock on wheels with a trap door underneath. I'm gonna open that trap door. Okay. Do I see a set of staircases? Uh, it's a ladder. Ladders, the bane of my existence. I'm legit scared of ladders. I'm like, 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 I are like in real life. I hate ladders. This is like a manhole, is what it looks like. That's scarier. It is like barely <laughs> large enough to fit just your person and like a few inches on either side, and there are metal rungs leading directly down. I am going to reluctantly go, you know, travel down it. You don't have shoes. I'm, I'm just right, making it. All right. Does tetanus exist in this game? So you start climbing down the ladders. I need you to roll a fortitude save for me. Nine. Okay. Okay. It hit a corner. It hit a corner. Can I roll again? <laughs> sure. <Okay>. Nine. <laughs> nice. That is. <laughs> again. The dice doesn't care about that your is corner. A, that is a one in 400 shot. Of that it's impressive. Happening. Yeah. I, I, I'm proud of your dice. They, they wanted you to have that nine. nine. You go and you take one step on the ladder and it feels as if it is burning away at your flesh. <laughs> like you take, literally you put your foot on the rung of the ladder and you can't go down. Okay, okay. There is there is a shot here. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back out and then I'm going to take my shirt off sexily. Sexily? Okay. Yes. Just okay. in case anyone is watching. Just in case anyone's watching. Trying to impress people here. Um, You're, you're, you're struggling. You... You don't have any blade. Okay, on you fine, at all. fine, fine, you, fine. Like, Here's, what the, the Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna like put the cloth underneath my feet. Okay. I'll put the shirt underneath my feet, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the ladder that way. Okay. So that so, way I'm not actually touching the. So you put your feet on the ladder, and the cloth seems to be helping you resist uh, any pain from it. Okay, so you get to, like, the third or fourth rung with your feet being covered, and then you put your hand on the rung with your bare skin, and it begins searing pain once again. Roll, roll a fortitude save. Let's see if you can you can bear it. 21? Yeah, you're, you're man-moding through this. Your, yeah. your hands yeah. slightly more calloused yeah, than right. your feet. That's right. Uh, you're a man who has worn shoes his entire life, but he, he's not been scared to work with his hands playing many a, many a days on his loot and bagpipes, you know, very hard at work. So you are managing to uh, muster your way through. Now, uh, big question. Do you just go straight down? Is there only one direction? Only one direction. Yeah, okay, straight I down. go straight down. You, do, do you do anything else as you're going down? No. Okay, just wanted to clarify. No, I, okay, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna cast Dancing Lights downwards. Okay, downwards. You point straight down, Dancing Lights. It does illuminate... This very dark manhole. What do I what do I see? Do I roll a perception check? Yeah, go ahead. Twenty-eight. It seems as if this entire like all the walls and the siding are made out of dirt. So it seems like this was just kind of like dug out. Uh, but you do see some wooden support beams down towards the bottom of it as it as if it is holding up some type of man-made structure down below. Okay, so I just I, I keep going down and I'm gonna enter the man-made structure. You, you're noticing that you're climbing and you're going down about like a solid twenty feet. 
underground uh, until you finally make your way down to a small little opening. But the area down here is only about five feet tall, so you kind of have to hunch down and over, and there is a tunnel which seems to span out, and there is a door at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to cast Dancing Lights. Wait, but that is it is illuminated. Yes. That, okay, okay, down okay. Yeah, I'm going to approach the door, Okay. and, so and I'm going to open it. The, the, door is about, open it. The, the, the door is about five feet uh, away from the base of the ladder, and you go up and you notice something. It seems as if the door is made of metal as well, just like the rungs were. Is it? I'm going to... I'm going to touch it. You go to touch it? I'm slowly, but sh- with just my pinky finger. Just my pinky finger. Okay? Yeah, it's like touching a hot stove or putting your hand over a fire, but getting slightly too close. You feel like it, it seems to burn and singe your fingertip. Yo, I know what this is. Hang on. Do I still have that? Do I still have that, that uh, a little pendant? You had a ring on your finger, and when you turned into a werewolf, the band snapped. Okay, 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 okay. So this thing's going to continue to burn. Can I, can I, um, is the door made of metal? The door is made of metal. Or is it just the handle? The door. The entire door. Okay, okay. I'm going to start streaming. Hello, 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 hello. Roll a perception check for me real quick. 15. You hear as it sounds as if a series of doors open and close. It sounds like a couple of them in front of you, but it also sounds like a couple behind you as well. I'm going to turn around. Do I see any doors behind me? You don't see any doors behind you. Just the ladder. Just the ladder, you say. Okay, so I'm going to stay put. And you hear something that sounds like a large object moving, rubbing against something. Do I see anything? You don't see anything. Okay, I'm just going to stay put and continue listening. You see that there is a small slit up towards the top of the door, and you see as a, a section of it moves. Who's there? Oh, it's me. It's me. What's up? Oh, all right. Well, then. Come on. Come in quickly. Okay, okay, okay. And the door opens. And then I'm going to rush in. All right, you you rush in and be like, no, I'm going to fix my hair and then I'll F- go Fix in. your hair, you know, make, like maybe like tidy yourself up. Currently being shirtless, part, part your hair properly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk in with your shirt on your feet. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> One continuous cloth, not even like sectioned off in the two different shoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> What a state you arrive in. Um, and you you enter, and it seems to be a relatively small bunker of sorts, which is just a 10-foot in diameter room. 10-foot in diameter? 10-foot in diameter. Very small. It seems like there's a few wooden bookshelves here and there, uh, a table, some chairs, and it looks like some crates, another door. Uh, on the opposing wall slightly to your left. But again, the entire walls seem as if they're coated and lined, at least in portion and strips in this metal. Roll a will save real quick. Yeah, yeah, that crit. Let's go. You walk in the room and you're perfectly fine. Unfazed as you kind of go in. It's a little cramped, but uh, with just the two of you, you and Petre, you seem to be fine. And he closes the door behind you. Okay, so why do we have to get to such a secret place? The questions you are asking are rather difficult to answer. Okay. Especially with prying ears and eyes, but they should, they should not hear us here. Okay, so so what's up? What's the scoop? You mentioned your friend. Uh-huh. The werewolf, yeah. And he pauses for a moment, and he then flips a coin at you. Okay, fine. I'm definitely going to catch it. Okay. 
So you catch the coin, but as you do, roll a fortitude save. 20. All right. Uh, you manage to catch it, and without dropping it, hold it in your palm, but as you do, you kind of wince as uh, you feel a searing pain in your palm where the coin is. I'm just going to put it in my pocket. And you go to, and you just put it in your pocket? <laughs> I'm like, ah, petty save the petty earth. <laughs> Very well. Uh, but with that, if we could be candid, the werewolf is not your friend. Or at least... I mean, it... I don't know. I'm a pretty self-loathing person, so yeah, you're probably right. Well, if it was, it may be that you're the another werewolf could be the compatriot who is with you, but you are as well, cursed lycanthropy, are you not? Yeah, what's it to you? How'd you know? What gave it away? Was the searing pain of your metal coin? You could not make it off the rungs of the ladders nor open the door, and you also seem to be surprisingly, though, unfazed by this room, and he kind of gestures around to all of the metal strips and bands kind of lining the walls. Okay, to be... I'll be frank with you. All right, what makes you think that I'm a... Because, like, I don't think I'm a werewolf. I feel like I would... I feel like I would know if I was a werewolf. Sure, by all means. I'm going to roll a diplomacy on this one. Yeah, go ahead. Nat crit, what you going to do about it? I may be too quick to judge. So, yeah, you let us sit her. down. I, I will make you tea. And he, he offers you a seat at the table. Okay, is the, t- is, is the table metal? No, the table's wood. Okay, okay. With cool, a nice wooden cool. cushion chair. I'm going I'm to sit down. What a nice wooden table. And a nice wooden chair. With a cushion. With a cushion, with a cushion nonetheless. No metal objects in there. No metal objects on Just there. Just feathers. Just feathers. Speaking of which... Uh, how's the, uh, how's the population doing at this place? Whatever do you mean? Yeah, 56 people in here, right? <laughs> what? The British should be at like 56, 57 around there. Some come and go. Okay. 57. Okay. Yes. Any, uh, any recent werewolf problems for my friend? Wink, wink. More of an infestation. Wait, what? Tell me more. Why do you think I bring you out into the middle of the woods, away from town? In a room in a bunker, un- hidden underground, with a room made entirely of silver. Because it's safe from werewolves. Do you think you are the first one to arrive? I mean, I, I mean, people tend to like tell me secrets before they tell other people, because I'm generally speaking pretty approachable guy. So kinda, yeah. If I'm being completely honest with you, I could be okay. Now that you're looking at me like that, I. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not calling your bluff. Okay, all righty. And he sets down a uh, ceramic cup of tea for you, and he sits down with it as well. Nice ceramic, ceramic. I like, I like ceramic. <laughs> Ceramic's good. Nice, nice feel of the hand. You should use that more often instead of you know anything like tin or like actually tin's fine. Just not like silver cups. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, that's why Gold's great. Why they're not silver cups? Because cause you could just smelt that down and use that as coin. Good. That's, yeah, exactly. But what good would it be to me then? To be fair, okay, okay, good point, good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alrighty, okay, what now what? Oh, what, are there more What people? is it that you are looking to accomplish here? I'm trying to figure out, do you know how to get rid of a werewolf curse? That would make things a lot easier then, wouldn't it? Please, drink up. And he kind of toasts. No, no, because I'm gonna and, sense and motive. I'm gonna tea. sense motive. Sure, sense motive. Wait, hold up. Well, that hit a corner. <laughs> that hit a corner, but it would have been a 19. Okay. That's that's a 23. The man's giving you a nice beverage. He he. Uh, as you 
we're concerned so much about the silver metal. This is just a plain ceramic cup, and it just seems like a glass of tea. He's currently drinking some himself. Hmm. I'm going to take a sip. Mmm. Great tea. What kind is this? Wolfsbane. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> I'm a herbologist. They might not. Florist, I grow flowers, plants, herbs, various things. Okay, 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 okay. What is it? What does Wolfsbane do? Nothing to the average human. Yeah, what does it do to werewolves? For my friend. Why does it intrigue you so much? I'm not a werewolf. I'm talking about my friend. Hmm. I have a theory. Werewolves are creatures of incredible power. But for some reason, they seem to have a particular disdain for that of silver. And as well, Wolfsbane seems to weaken their animalistic properties and bring them to a more humane state. Okay, and go on. What more do you want me to know? I'm a simple florist. What do you mean? What do you mean? There are more werewolves here? Do you want me to bring my friend Do you think I, I sought out an oracle and in the future, 10 years ago, built this bunker because I foresaw your friend, a werewolf, potentially coming here? Yeah, I mean, like, crazier things have happened. <laughs> you know, we are stuck in this game. One, it is a game. He is an NPC. Oh, that's right. You're an NPC. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry, bud. <laughs> okay, you don't know that. But uh, yeah, the world's a simulation. If life is a game, then, sir, I believe we are all very sorely losing. Okay, okay. Hey, let's get to the point. What do you kill these things? They do seem to, as I previously stated, have a disdain for silver. It's the only thing I've found that can harm no, no, them. Yeah, I, I mean, like, why give why give any of them? Well, like, what do you do? You track them down here and then do what? I do not track them. I am more captive than they are. Can I roll a perception check to see if I, to see if I like look around for like other bodies and stuff? Sure. Come on, man. <laughs> One. One? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Small room, two bodies. You, him. Okay. I mean, I don't know, man. I feel you do see, again, it is a small room containing very little except some basic food supplies, some bookshelves that are mildly stocked. Okay small table and a door to your left not the one you came in from the one you came in from is so, directly behind you hypothetically petre would you kill a werewolf if i were to bring my friend in here or would you remove the curse like i said if i could exercise the curse from werewolves i would have done so long ago Sh so okay. i'm asking you a question if i were to bring my werewolf friend would you murder that, that I would attempt to see what I could do to remove the curse. Okay, okay, but you don't, but you don't kill him, do you? That would have very negative ramifications. Okay, okay, buddy, buddy, I got a secret for you. You promise not to tell anyone? You promise? Sure. The werewolf's not actually my friend. Egad, who could have guessed? It's actually Daniel. <laughs> Was, was that not the compatriot you were traveling with in my shop the previously? Oh, that guy? Nah, I was about to solve the slavery. <laughs> nah, fam. <laughs> we're part of the same guild. Doesn't mean we're friends. We're more like co-workers, but yeah. Don't tell him I said that, though. You should be very happy that the character didn't hear that. <laughs> As you were uh, talking to him and you were giving him this information, if you wouldn't mind, and he looks down at his watch, which is on his left wrist. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I do have places to be. But your arrival does intrigue me. Your openness intrigues me more. Maybe they have not gotten to you yet. The and where? he tosses you a bag. 
give this to your friend or your Daniel, whatever you call him. He's my Daniel. Uh, <laughs> and he he gets up and opens the uh, the door for you. Uh huh. Um, that that is the entrance you came from. I must depart, but please, after you. Okay. All right, Petre. Uh, and you do hear uh, a large. <laughs> Again. Do I have to climb up that ladder? There is only one way in and one way out. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. I'm cool. just gonna climb up the ladder. Sure. You go and Hey, hey, quick question. Actually, before I leave, you wouldn't happen to have any shoes around here, would you? He he looks around here for your troubles, and he tosses a pair of old leather boots. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, say, say, you wouldn't happen to have a pair of gloves now, would you? I'm a gardener. What do you take me for? Ah, and he pulls them out of his back, out of his back pants okay. pocket. I'm gonna wear those, and then I'm and gonna. He hand, as he hands them to you, he looks you dead in the eye. Please meet me here again sometime soon. Sometime soon, yes, yes. I'll bring, I'll bring a, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. And he kind of like stares at you for an uncomfortably long amount of time in silence. Well, look at that. I best be going now. I look down at my watch that doesn't exist. <laughs> he has put the gloves in your hand, but he is still also holding on to them. I'll be sure to come back here. This is not the last you've seen of me. And he lets go of them. And I'm going to run out, like sprint as fast as I possibly could while putting on the... That's actually not true. I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to power walk... Mm. I'm going to power walk. Appearances, out they matter. There. I'm going to power walk out of there while putting on my, my newfound gloves and boots. And then I'm going to slowly go up the ladder, look back to see if he's watching. The door behind you, as you look back at the end of the hall, is shut. <gasps> and then I'm going to scurry up and then just run, sprint back as fast as I possibly can. All right, Daniel. Yes. You finally uh, traversed the various streets and alleyways of this relatively small town. It seems like you've been able to navigate yourself perfectly fine all the way down back to the blacksmith, who's just on the opposing side of the, the village in which you enter. As the the cabin in the forest is located more towards the north, you have had to make yourself through almost the entire town and find yourself down by the south, kind of closer towards the coast where the blacksmith is. So I'm just going to go around the back to where the blacksmith works you hear just like last time a hammering of a uh, hammer on metal as it sounds uh, i'm just gonna go up to it and say hey what do you need me to help you with once again you see this the same figure clothed from head to toe in protective gear you cannot see an inch of skin and it seems as if he is very concentrated on his work and he is completely oblivious to the existence of everything else through the hammering of what sheet of metal which he is currently working on okay fantastic I'm going to see if there's, like, anything I could maybe organize for him, make it more cleanly, something like that. Or, may, or actually, it would be smarter for me to look for, like, small projects for him to do, because he told us last time that his big hands can't do small things very well. All right, go ahead, roll a perception check. 27. You don't particularly see anything out here. You see mostly large scraps of metal laying about, a couple of tools. It seems like there are, isn't too much to be done out here from the looks of it, but there is a door leading inside. I'm going to go inside then. Right. So you enter through the back entrance door, and it seems as if there is a small... This is obviously an entrance through the back of the shop where he generally works, and you are behind a counter, and you see a number of small tables with tools and little tiny projects laying around. Roll another perception check for me. 30. 
You notice that there are some very standard equipment around. Uh, you surprisingly don't see, for a blacksmith, especially in uh, an MMORPG, you don't see a single weapon or piece of armor. Everything that is in here is basically farming equipment. You see shovels and hoes and trowels and pitchforks all being mended, restored. You also see a number of horseshoes being repaired. And other than that, under a table in a back corner to your left-hand side, you see a small crate with a purple cloth laying over it. Well, I'm going to completely ignore the crate with a purple cloth over it. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to go look at the crate with the purple cloth over it and peer into it and see what's inside. Removing the crate slightly from underneath the table and lifting the cloth ever so gently, some, some dust kind of flies off, but you can see inside seems to be a broken clock. Ah, so this is the stuff he was talking about. Well, I guess I'm going to pull it out and put it on a relatively, or whichever bench is relatively clean or open or whatever, and see what I can do to start fixing this clock. Sure. So you go, you heave this large crate up and lay it down on the table that it was underneath. You kind of have to push away some some scraps and some tools here and there, and you make a little bit of workspace around. And go ahead, roll a knowledge engineering for me. 29. As, as you are looking at this clock, it seems to be a very complex and intricate gear clock made with hundreds of small interconnecting gears, all powered by a, a very similar uh, mechanism uh, and a very condensed gearbox, but it seems as if a number of the pieces are either damaged or in other cases completely missing. Man, this is just, uh, this is like a German automobile from the 1990s. <laughs> Needlessly complex. Needlessly complex with missing and damaged parts. So I guess I'm going to go through and start kind of trying to organize all the parts and figure out, like, just logic my way through it and see like okay this part should go here and figure out which parts i would need to make or find or repair so go ahead and roll a craft and we'll say that this is what you are going to be working on for a little bit of time uh that would be a 38 you are able to find kind of tweezers needle nose pliers here and there fine finer tuned instruments uh on a magnifying glass as well and you are able to get in and intricately intricately kind of poke around and see what makes this clock tick, quite literally. And you notice that there are a number of very fine and small pieces missing, even after having dug out towards the bottom of the crate uh, and, and picked up some, some dislodged gears. You notice that this clock is working with literally hundreds of pieces. Half of the ones that are at least remaining are damaged, and the ones that are not damaged uh there are also about two to three dozen missing gears it seems of all varying shapes and sizes and it's making it a little hard to discern the size of the needed missing gears due to the sheer number of them time for prototyping so i am going to go look for some wood so as you're staring and intricately poking around this clock you do hear large heavy footsteps come in through the door behind you Oh, well, I see you haven't wasted any time. Yeah, I saw you were busy, so I figured I should 
well, try and at least make myself somewhat useful. I do have to pay you back for that chain, after all. Well, the project you have before you, that's a daunting one. Yeah, this is, like, easily the most needlessly complex clock I've ever seen, but... Vasquez was working on it with me, previously. It's been in my possession for quite some time. Now I've never been able to figure it out. Yeah, this is a... Well, to say it's a piece of work would be, like, grossly understating it. It's not work at this point. It's an impossible task. I've had it for a decade. I can work on a horseshoe. I can mend a tool. There's nothing that I can do for that clock. Vasquez was even struggling himself. Hmm. But he brought it to me in hopes that I would be able to aid him. Well, if you want me to, I can give it a crack and see if I can make it work, or... Well, as long as you don't literally crack it, but then again, what more damage could be done to that thing? Or is there something else you'd rather have me do? If you could get that thing working, it would be a miracle. All right, well, I guess I know what I'm doing today, and probably for the next couple of days. So, to better describe this clock, it is perfectly circular on the front plate. It seems with a gold trim and a glass front. It's very large. It's actually about the size, um, like, of a hand. I don't know. It's probably it's like almost a foot in diameter. Really large one. Um, and the way you take off the back is it has a dislodging kind of like latch um, of a gold plate, which r- reveals the entire back of it to be open. Well, like I said before, I'm going to go look for some wood. The reason I'm going to do that is because there, to spare the audience a long and boring explanation, there's a guy, I think it's the, I, if I recall correctly, it's the same guy who started the first almanac, made a watch out of wood parts, so I'm going to go copy his ideas. The blacksmith, Pavel, instructs you to just go around the back of his shop, and if you need anything, just let him know. So with this gentleman, you spend a decent portion of your day. Now, I'm going to say, for the sake of time, for everything, uh, because you have about two weeks to get through before we're kind of caught up with the uh, current state of everything. We're going to go through and skip in segments of various days. And the way this is going to go by is each of you are going to roll a number of checks. Daniel is very specifically working on the clock. But for you, Mohit, is there anything specifically you wanted to know? Because what I was going to do is basically every couple of days, you'll check in with Petre and I'll let you ask a question. And I'll also allow you to roll a knowledge local if you wanted to know or learn anything specific about the town as well. Can I do that right now? Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically do this in batches of a series of days to see how effectively time passes. I want to roll an out local. Okay, so is there a question you had about the town? Is there anything specific you wanted to know? Yeah, the history of lycanthropy in the town. Sure. And are you talking to Pavel about, I mean, um, Petre about this? Yeah, because that's kind of why I went down there. Um, well, go ahead, roll an out local. And would you have been going anywhere else throughout the town, or would you only have been going to the log cabin and back and forth between the log cabin and Petre's bunker? I would probably stop by the blacksmith. Every once in a while, I would also be going to the mayor's place uh, and getting myself acquainted um, with as many people as I can. If there's 56 people, it's most likely in two weeks I would have met all 56. Absolutely. And um, sorry, what is it really? Knowledge local? So you're going to go ahead and roll, roll a knowledge local for me. And I'm just going to give you a 14 plus 23, 37. Ooh. 
With that high of a knowledge local, there's no way that you've only been going back and forth between your cabin and Petre's bunker, because that isn't much local knowledge. So you have been kind of cruising about the town with uh, a large portion of your free time. Uh, walking around, you notice that it is very lively, kind of by the docks and the full moon tavern and around the mayor's house, uh, generally towards the evening in the latter portion of the day when all of the shepherds get done work. Once again, you notice basically every day these sheep are driven in absolutely massive flocks. There is literally, for a small town of 57 people, there is thousands of sheep. Mm -hmm. So it's like Sparta, but with sheep instead of slaves. Exactly. Many, much more sheep. Uh, You have been able to find that the primary import, I mean, the primary export of this town and the the sheep are basically how the entire townspeople make their livelihood. Everything is based around them. All of the farms are not for producing food for themselves, but for feeding the sheep. That is why they make so many grains, such as rye and wheat. Uh, But they get everything from the sheep. Uh, they make some of the, the wheat, obviously, into bread, and there's a storehouse and a mill for that, but the sheep provide them wool for textiles, such as clothing and uh, all of their various necessities there, and then they also get meat products out of the sheep, as well as being able to use their skin for hide for other things that they need. So very, very resourceful people here in Lunka. I'm, d- I'm just thinking back of all the time Snow would just love to be eating all of the bread. All the bread. Uh, the, uh, unfortunately for Snow, the sheep are eating most of the bread here. Uh, well, at least the wheat. Not she's going to fight them for it. I, I, I bet you she's going to fight them for um, it. You learned over uh, time that the mayor of this place, his name is Lupa Vasile. And as you have been talking, you've actually been spending a lot of time in the Full Moon Tavern, and you've gotten to know uh, some of the barmaidens, Idris and Fami, a little better. And uh, who? Fami. Famine? Fami. 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 F-A-H-M-I. Fami. Sounds like something Jar Jar Binks would say. He's a thank you, so Fami. Uh, are you okay, Mo? Are you okay, Mo? <laughs> that's what he would say on a first. That's what he would say on a first date. <laughs> Misa thinks you the best. You so funny. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, so you. Misa got to Misa gotta go on a second date with you. <laughs> So, so you get to know the uh, get to meet the barbains a little better. Um, so you know you get to meet Idris and Famim, and you get to basically know the name of every single person in town. If you want, I can give you a rundown of every single person. Uh, but there are a lot of names here. Obviously, there are fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what you are gathering, the town seems fairly normal. And for the entire two weeks that you are here, a real quick question, Daniel: Are you attempting to chain yourself up every evening? Oh yeah. Mohit, are you attempting to chain yourself up every evening? Yeah, fashion. Okay. Yeah, that's certainly one way of saying it, but I doubt it's solely for fashion. Uh, both of you, I roll a roll me two survival checks. CX. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Oh wait, two survival checks. Yeah, two, two of them, please. Eleven. Eighteen plus seven. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. On your survival. No, no, no. 18 and 17 are my two survival checks. Oh, no, no, no. I just, I just yeah, yeah, no, no, no. What, okay. what, the, what the individual survival checks are. Both of you have had to eat a lot during the days you are here because every morning you wake up and you are famished after you are being restrained by the chains. But every now and again, you do find yourselves having broken free 
um, or but not being able to tightly secure the chains. And every day you have not had the chains locked, you find the same two things occur. You are not hungry in the morning, even though you every other morning you are chained up, you are absolutely famished by the time you awaken. And you always find yourselves out back behind the wooden cabin in the woods. I should also make it clear, by this point in time, we probably would realize, hmm, we should probably take the clothes off first before, yeah, break before you break them every single time. And, yeah, and yeah. the thing is, I feel like we would have, like, we would have opened that, that we would have dug that, like, we would have taken a shovel and dug up back behind the cabin because I've... Well, you could have. I'm working. Because okay, you sold okay. me off as a sure. slave. Did I, Is that something okay. you want to do? Absolutely. Okay. I want to do that. What, right. what happens? A little bit more information first, uh, but after meeting with all of the people uh, and over the entire time you were here, you've never heard of anyone disappearing. Everyone's just been about their daily lives and you've never heard about any of the livestock going missing either. You just always just see that there are a lot of sheep, um, for lack of a better word. There's an absolutely absorbent amount of sheep, uh, and no one ever complains about any sheep having gone missing or that there are any problems. The town is very quaint and self-sufficient. Real quick, Mohit, how open are you about lycanthropy around the town? On a scale of one to ten? Yeah. Five. Five? They're just kind of like passing it off here. What do you think of werewolves? Um, if I'm drunk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah not a problem. Just pretty um, often, so... Whenever you mention werewolves, everyone just kind of blows it off as a fairy tale, and some people kind of just, like, sigh and be like, ugh, and basically ask if you've been talking to Petre. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Oh, you've been talking to that lunatic. How goes that? I don't know. I mean, he seems a little nice. He's a nice man He's all nice the guy. same, but... He just, he just has a hobby. What's your hobby? My hobby? Unnamed person 45. Hey, listen... My name is Ike. Okay. I Q U Ike. I I C Q U E apostrophe I Ike. E A. There you go. Good job trying to spell that. Listen, I defined all these names. There's a Y at the end too. Yeah. And a J at the beginning. That's silent. Yeah. There you go. Someone, someone, write that down. The saddest thing is that Petre drags his family into the whole mess. Werewolves, they're nothing but a fairy tale. If we had a werewolf problems, our sheep would go missing. How would we not know that? All of us here are shepherds, and we diligently watch them every single night, and we have never had a problem. Petre is just a hysterical man. I would not get too close to him. And every time you bring it up, people either dismiss werewolves is nothing but a fairy tale something that they tell children to scare them at night or they kind of just complain about Petre and say that he's always on about these creatures and that he constantly is scaring uh, newcomers away and that's why the village hasn't really grown much is because whenever a new person comes into town Petre kind of goes on rambling and raving about these creatures and kind of scares them off what else what else have I learned let's see I probably would have asked about um I would probably have a pretty good understanding of the social hierarchy. Mm -hmm. So, like, I know that the mayor's at the top. Like, yep. are there any right-hand men? or? Oh, not particularly. Or... The, you, there is the mayor and his wife, and you know that they have communal social gatherings almost every evening by the storehouse. 
and you've actually uh, been able to go to a few. They seem to be very cordial town meetings. They're all very lively, almost always like a party uh, where the, the villagers kind of reaffirm themselves that they're doing well. Then they keep track of various goals or achievements everyone has done and they get together to celebrate. The parties always seem to go very, very late into the night and you always find yourself having to leave uh, before you turn into a werewolf to really stay uh, any further. Do people take note of this or do they just think I'm an early sleeper? I mean, you, you notice that uh, a couple of other individuals leave here and there. Um, most Mostly the children. Some of the, the, the wives or fathers take that their children sense. home. That makes sense. I am a child. This yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no one, no one generally notes it. They just think, uh, you're a newcomer in town. The, some people ask you where you're staying and uh, how you're doing, how long you're staying here. I'm staying at the inn. Are you? <laughs> No, no, I'm just, no, I was just, I was just. Are, have you been telling people you've been staying at the full moon? No, I, I'm telling people that I rented an Airbnb. Nice. And yeah, yeah. Airbnb, out, very common out term. Out by the, in, out in by the woods. And noise. they don't know what that means. And I True. said, get an iPhone. You poor sods. You, yeah. <laughs> You're still with sheep. Get some technology. Ask Where's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> What's the Wi-Fi um, password? What's the Wi-Fi? And, and they just think I'm drunk, of course. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, so nobody knows where I live. They're always right. like, yo, Ash, we really like you. We we want to know where you live. You know, which is a weird thing to ask someone, but like they want to know, right? And every time I'm like, eh. I live with your mom. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, the classic, your mom. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What else happened? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I want to know about... Um, this is the time for burning questions. Get them all out of the way. Uh, how many newcomers are there? Like, are we the only newcomers throughout the only entire Only new two people years? for three years. Bruh. No one's left in three years either, by the way. No one's left in three years. No one's left in over a decade. Who was the last person to leave? No one remembers. No, it's Vasquez. It's got to be Vasquez. He's got to be. Oh, guy. yeah. No, Vasquez was the last person to both come and have gone. But but he died, though, right? Mysteriously. No one knows. Maybe he done poofed. He poofed into thin air. He kind of vanished. Everyone had been seeing him very frequently. And then one day, they just, I, they just no one's I home again. Can I ask about what Vasquez might have been doing? Everyone says that he was assisting Pavel the blacksmith. All right. Yeah, that's about it, I think. All right. So, Daniel, you've been working on your clock. You've been making pretty decent headway, and you've actually been able to either repair uh, some of these chipped gears, uh, either re by replacing them or uh, some of them just needed to be cleaned because um, they've just accumulated some grime over the years. Uh, so you've been able to take apart and reassemble this clock multiple, multiple times, fitting in prototypes here and there of various cogs that you think might work. And you're making decent headway, except there are about five cogs that still elude you in both their shape and size. Um, you don't know it. You have their general location figured out. And right now you're kind of having to manually turn multiple gears. But when you do, you see that the clock is able to move some of its hands and you're kind of getting a understanding for the inner working and structure of it. Uh, but with that, do you have any further questions? Uh, you would obviously be able to talk to Pavel quite liberally, you know, when he's not beating metal and not being able to hear anything. Oh, by the way, another thing to note, unless a specific interaction happens for the entirety of two weeks, you have never seen Pavel's face or any of his skin. Wait, wait a minute. Who is Pavel? <laughs> the blacksmith. Oh, okay. You have... Every time you have gotten to his place, no matter how early in the morning you get there, 
he's almost always there. Or if he isn't, he arrives did, fully clothed. You've never seen the man's skin or face. Did, always wearing a mask. Did Daniel ever mention this to me? You saw, you met Pavel. Okay, can twice. I, can I ask? Twice. Have I asked people during the, can I ask people during the week if I, if they know anything about Pavel? Oh, everyone just kind of says, yeah, you know, Pavel wears protective gear. He's a blacksmith, doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah, what does he look like? He's a middle-aged old man. Long gray hair. Long okay. white hair. Okay. Kind of straggly. Okay, okay, okay. Grizzled features. Okay. I had a theory he was a werewolf, but I, okay. <laughs> that doesn't make sense because he's a blacksmith. He's probably near silver a lot, so, yeah. Yeah, never seen his skin a day in your life. I feel that Daniel would be so infatuated and interested in the clock and getting it to work that he'd just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's just thing. Pavel. That, that's Pavel. That's what Pavel do. That's his thing. Pavel does what Pavel does, and that's okay with me. All right. So with that, uh, you've been making pretty decent headway on this clock. Uh, and Mohit has pointed out uh, a couple of times, and both of your interest has been piqued. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back, and about midway through your guys' stay here, you did find a little bit of free time cumulatively in your day, and you woke up a little bit earlier, Daniel. That way you would be able to get there before you went into Pavel's shop to help. And you borrowed a shovel from him, and uh, per Sal's request, because both of your interests have been piqued. So both of you managed to wake up a little bit earlier in the day. With shovels in tow, you go out back behind the wooden log cabin, and you look at where these claw marks etched in the earth are, and the pit has actually gotten alarmingly deep, as you actually notice that as you've awoken each day, you have actually had to climb further and further out of the pit as it's sloping down, and at its deepest point, it's actually about five feet deep to where you can't even see above the ground anymore. Gonna have to start making stairs for this. Jeez. Can I can I tell Daniel this? Both of you are out back. You you've okay. alarmed Daniel to the fact, hey, I've woken up outside this pit two, three times now, and every time I do, it keeps getting deeper. So both of you are kind of going around back to all investigate. Right. We gotta dig a big hole. So right now it's kind of slanted down, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's focused at one point. So it's just like steep-ish, but you can still kind of climb out of it as of right now. So, how about you work on digging? I'll build us a ladder so that you can get out more easily. Yep, I'm gonna get a shovel. I'm gonna start digging. Great. So you keep digging, and about you're digging for about three hours. Daniel goes out to Pavel and says, "Yo, Pavel, I'll give you a day later. I've got something I need to do." You actually come back and you're like, "Hey, by the way, I'm borrowing this hammer. I'm borrowing these nails." A. <laughs> and you just Bye. and you just kind of leave with that. I can build a ladder with hammer and nails, but I don't entirely need it. But that would probably just be easier. So you're able to come back with some sheets of scrap wood and finding things here and there uh, and wooden planks variously. And you kind of go about and roll a craft check for me. Would I add knowledge engineering to that or? Sure. Might as well. See how well you put this thing together. 40. Hey, so you are able to expertly put together a ladder even with these shabby materials, and it seems to be very sturdy. And by the time you come back with everything uh, assembled and ready, Ash has gotten, and it is about a six feet deep hole at this point. And eventually you two both hear a dink. Treasure, Eureka. Wonder, can you tell, like, what, what did you hit? Perception check. Or 16. As you kind of dig around and get clear it out a little bit further, it seems as if you hit some metal. 
Can I roll a dig check? What is a dig? Enlighten me. Can I roll a strength check? To do what? So that I could pull the metal out. Three. Of it, it seems like it's flat. Like it is sat perpendicularly with the horizontal, like horizontally. And it seems to be a flat sheet that goes and you kind of dig out a really large hole now that you know where the base is that you're aiming for. And you spend basically the rest of your day, another four hours. And eventually you have this six foot deep hole with a three foot wide diameter and you still just have a flat sheet down here. Got a draw on you, Daniel. What? Uh, no, unfortunately. I could make one, like a hand drill back at... Make a hand drill. Let's get under this. I have a feeling this is a mass grave. Okay. I just think the last guy, Dr. Vasquez, who had this place was a bit of a nut. Much like me. Hmm, a nut. This is gonna be hard to crack just like a nut. You know what would make it easier? A drill. Get making that drill. Uh, well, we could take a metal rod mm-hmm. and sharp and essentially cut two edges into it, much right. like a current drill bit. But in order to overcome that, I guess using a gear system of some kind would definitely help. All right, great. So go ahead, roll a craft for me one more one more time. Add your 22 to that. So that would be a 38. And it takes you about two or three days to get to this drill. The drill bit itself would probably come up to about my waist. So mm-hmm. probably about it, like three to three and a half feet tall for the bit itself. Mm-hmm. And then the gear system and the hand crank would probably add another foot and a half. So it's probably about four and a half feet tall. Jeez, that's, that's, a, that's a big drill. It's a big drill. It's a real big drill. Gonna drop it onto Sao, who has the strength modifier of zero. I can't see this going wrong. After having d- dug this hole out back, and you don't know why, but each time you see are seemingly drawn to it, and you begin to start drilling. I have a very strange question for you. Sure. Is there a meat processing plant here? Yes. Can I go there? Well, what do you mean by processing? Do they disass- Do they butcher sheep? Yes. There's a slaughterhouse. Excellent. I'm going to go to the slaughterhouse and say, do you have any spare fat? There's a very large man at the counter. And he comes in and he pats his stomach. Yes, I am fat right here. (laughs) If you would like to take like 30, 40 pounds, my wife would love you. One, I'm so glad that went way better than I expected. Two, as much as I'd love to, sir, I think that would be really painful. If you need, uh, we do not need all the, we have the excess of animal fat. Sometimes we use it for, um, as the fats and oils can be used for fuel for lanterns, but edgewise here, uh, we, we have a few, uh, about a pound or two. Excellent. I will happily take some of that. And he gives it to you as you are on your way. Wonderful. What are you planning to do with animal fat? So, uh, drill bits are drill bits perform better if you lubricate them when drilling metal. So I'm going to give this thing the best chance of working by lubricating it with the closest thing I have to a drill oil. So you get your Fiat um, and you lube up this 
thick steely rod uh, and you just drill it in as hard as you can. Ready to turn it up. <laughs> and you're attempting to drill through this metal and you're finding a large amount of friction and resistance and you astonishingly are going through this metal and you realize that it is layered with multiple sheets. Multiple sheets of layers. And you have been drilling for about a day and you are about five inches deep into three or four different sheets of metal. Well, this is actually working slightly better than I expected, but Dr. Vasquez is kind of a brood. I what mean, if we made it hot because it's malleable that way? I mean, do you know Fireball? Not anymore. <laughs> do you know anything that could heat metal up? Uh, Mage Hand. Who's Mage Hand going to heat metal? So while Daniel is hard at work drilling into multiple different sheets of metal, you just see Sal standing up top above the pit, constantly swatting at the air, going, and you hear as it sounds like there's some like dinks and thuds on the metal above you, as this man is repeatedly mage handing, because it's a cantrip, so he's doing this all day, <laughs> assisting you in the only way he knows how. As you've been working on this pit for honestly a couple of days now, each evening as you go into the house, you still notice the same problem, of which the latch on the front door keeps coming undone, and there seems to be a draft pulling into the house. Do we have enough time before we switch into werewolves to check for where that draft is coming from. Well, you could have found it earlier in the day. It could have been bothering you. You could have spent any number of time. You could have woken up early one morning before you headed out in order to investigate this because it's always the same consistent draft that seems to be pulling in towards the house. I am going to wake up early and check to see where this draft is coming from. So you go... And you notice that, like I said, it's a very flimsy latch on the front door. And just the slightest amount of air current is pulling in. And it goes straight through the living room and back towards the kitchen. Uh, and roll a perception check for me. 19. So you notice that while there are some windows in the kitchen, all of them are firmly sealed, firmly closed, and you don't feel any air escaping through them. But there seems to be a faint current leading back into the pantry which is situated underneath the staircase that leads upstairs. Well, I guess I'm going to explore the pantry a bit closer and see if I can feel where that draft be going. Yep, go for it. Perception go. further. Yeah. 27. 22. You're both able to feel that it's about a three foot deep pantry with two shelves on either side on the left and your right and one uh, directly back. And you notice that the one pantry directly back underneath this, that, that would be underneath facing towards where the staircase is effectively if you were to walk straight through, there seems to be a slight draft there. Hey, Ash, can you help me move this uh, shelf and see what's behind it? Because I think this is where this draft is coming from. Yes, I'm going to use assist another on a strength check. Cool. So you, are you guys trying to pull it straight out? Yeah. Cool. 11. I rolled a 17 and 2 are both yeah, trying to pull it out and it, it keeps feeling like it's getting jammed or stuck on something underneath of it. What if we pushed it? Yeah, yeah, let's push it. I'm going to assist another on a strength check. All right. So 16 total. Both of you push back uh, towards the shelf and it glides effortlessly. Hey, hey! As if on some smooth track and it goes about an inch back and then you hear 
as something clicks. And then it starts to move somewhat back towards you, about a half inch where you saw it stop before, and then it goes down. And the shelf is slowly now descending. Ooh! <laughs> food elevator! Ooh, I like these kinds of... I like, I like these episodes of Scooby-Doo. And now you see under the staircase... There's another staircase. Uh, I'm. Uh, uh, okay, okay. I'm going to use my dexterity check to sprint through this staircase. All right, beaming straight get down. It get it over with. Woo! Get it over with. Tear it off like a band aid. Okay, okay, okay. 17. Great. You run I'm sprinting. Straight I'm down. Sprinting. This yeah. is a solid stone staircase, and you see solid stone walls everywhere, and you beam straight down. It goes about down 10 feet. Also, uh, is it dark? It's a little dark down here, yeah. I am going to grab one of the other jars of preserve or whatever that's on the shelf, cast light on it, and walk down the stairs. And you notice that you're going down about 15 to 20 feet. And then eventually you reach a dead end of a stone wall. And to your left, facing which orientationally you can presume is outside towards the back of Vasquez's cabin, there is a metal door. Metal door. Metal door. Metal door. Metal door. Does it... Can I roll perception on it? Sure. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that, too. 16 total. Okay, that's better. 24. You're able to see that before you was a metal door with the top half being grated. There's about three bars. It's about a two-foot wide, uh, foot-tall gap, clued off by bars. And there seems to be a latch, but it is currently locked off by a padlock, which is preventing it from being lifted. Mm. How thick are those bars? The bars are about a inch thick. Oh, yeah. So, so does it? So, and it's silver, right? Is Presumably. It? What a presumption. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, Daniel, I'm pretty sure I've seen this one before. It's a silver door. We can't touch it. So, so, what would God do? How do you react to Sal saying there's an entire door made out of silver before you? Do I notice? Can I see what kind of metal it is? Uh, it has yes. a reflective sheen about it. But it also seems to be a very thick metal door, which would be pounds and pounds and square feet of silver. I'm sure Vasquez was rich, but I don't think he was quite baller enough to own a complete <laughs> silver door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then touch it. Touch the door. See what happens. Why don't you touch the door since you're so confident? No, my, the, the point I'm trying to make is that it's going to burn as if I touch it. Okay, so, so. we just don't touch it with so our skin here's, here's what we gotta do take your sleeves okay just like you know take your sleeves kind of kind of put your hands under like inside your sleeves like a little hermit and then you're gonna try to open the door that way and that's what i'm gonna do i'll try to open the door that way with did, my sleeve did so there's a blocked latch and the latch cannot be lifted due to the fact that there's a locked padlock currently on it Lock padlock. What kind lock of security padlock. are we talking about here? Talking about one that there's a lock and it requires a key. Requires a key? Requires a key. Alrighty, okay. Perception check. Is there a key anywhere nearby? Okay, I'm going to use my plus four dexterity and, and sprint all the way up, get that key, and then go all the way back down. So Sal's kind of beaming up all, and running all around through the house to see if he can find anything. Daniel, roll, roll a quick perception check for me. 19. 
So kind of standing down here, waiting for Sao, your interest is piqued, and you go and you actually look through the grate uh, of the metal bars, and you see before you a almost perfectly squared or 10 foot by 10 foot room. And in it, you see a skeleton of a man, and it seems as if there is a key dangling on a string around his neck. Oh, for Pete freaking sake. Why did you... Yep, dip. <clears throat> okay, okay, how strong of a padlock are we talking about here? It's a pretty strong padlock, yeah. Could we, like, smash it with a hammer? Probably. You could definitely try that. Can I guild message Daniel and say that can we smash it with You it? could walk down a flight of stairs and talk face-to-face with the man, but yes, you okay, can. Okay, I've got you, the you key. Can, you can, I've you got the key. To, there's no key. There, there is no there key. Was no How key. are you going to get okay, the stairs? Okay, there was, there was you, no You key. walk downstairs and you look at Daniel, and Daniel says, Get it! Get it! And he points in towards the grate, and you see in there that there is a key attached to a string around a dead corpse's neck. Okay, Daniel, you got any way you could break open this padlock? Well, if we had Zana with us, she might have been able to break it by picking it, but we don't have Zana with us, so that's not really an option. We could also try sawing through the lock itself, or effectively rendering it useless, but with the files I have, that would take a really long time. Wait, we have a drill, right? The drill diameter is probably a bit too big, but yeah, sure, why not? Okay, 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 let's drill through this padlock. Daniel described this drill as a four-foot-tall behemoth monster, and you want to ever so gently balance this on top of the padlock? What other chance do we have? As the Avengers would say, whatever it takes. I'm sorry, I'm having an aneurysm out of sheer stupidity. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're doing this okay whether you're you like doing it, this this I'm, was your idea you know not what? mine we're gonna do this and i want to i'm gonna tweet out later this week i'm not <laughs> gonna tell you i want you to take a look at our social media later this week and i want you to read the tweet and realize the easiest solution possible and feel dumb. So, uh, yeah, you lug this giant piece of four-foot-tall handmade drill metal down this stairs, uh, and you're having one person kind of balance it and shimmy it on this lock, and the other person is hand-turning the crank. Both of you, please roll strength to see if you can keep this up and lifted uh, in order to drill on this padlock. And who's doing what job? One person needs to balance both the drill and the lock, and the other person actually has to turn and crank it. So I would balance, balance. I would drill. Okay. I rolled a six for strength. Ash is actually able to keep the padlock relatively balanced and the drill on top of it, but after a while is getting rather fatigued as it seems as if Daniel is not making too much headway. Um... And, and part of you is just wondering whether you should have bashed it with a hammer. So, so We didn't have a hammer. So, Ash, do you want me to go to the blacksmith and ask him for his sledgehammer? Okay, okay, okay. Or a sledgehammer? Okay, how about this? You go, yeah, you get your hammer, and I'll put this drill away. Have fun lifting it, but okay. So I'm going to go to the blacksmith, sure. borrow one of his spare sledgehammers, Great. and come back here to bash the lock. All right, go for it. Roll, roll strength for me. 
you come down wielding this hammer. It's hard to get a good arc because it's the kind of the confined quarters, but yeah. you still manage to get a pretty decent heft and uh, you strike this lock with your hammer. I roll a 15 with my strength modifier. That makes 17. You put a decent dent in it, but surprisingly, the lock doesn't break underneath the heft of a rather large sledgehammer comparatively to the size of the dainty lock. Do it again. Do it again. Roll. Not crit. There you go. You go through. So you actually go through and with a second mighty heave and swing, you hit it right on the joint where you chipped it with the drill. And due to the, the fact that it was fractured there, you were actually able to kind of splice it. The padlock bar kind of cracked horizontally through, uh, splicing the metal and the, the lock shatters and the door kind of creaks open. Well, that worked better than expected. Okay, we should probably go inside and hope that the skeleton doesn't revive itself and try to kill us. Yep. So, who wants to go first? I'm gonna... You go first. (laughs) You go first. I'm gonna take a defensive stance. Take a defensive stance. What an action. (laughs) So, take a defensive stance and follow behind. (laughs) All right. As Daniel's going in with his well-lit jar of preservatives, I love I love my um, canned peaches lighting my way through dungeons. <laughs> um, you make your way into the small 10 by 10 foot room and you see that it is relatively vacant except a few notable things. As Daniel's pieced together, this was clearly the house of Dr. Vasquez and about him he has multiple workbenches with a series of various tools. But most interestingly enough, you see before you is the skeleton of an individual currently chained to the ground. And we inspect. Okay, we're going to inspect the key. I'm going to roll for. Can I roll for perception on the body to see if I notice anything special about it other than it seems to be a human skeleton of some kind? Sure. 27. Would it be possible to roll a knowledge local check? On, on things around this room that I would recognize. Sure. Okay. Wait. It says two, but we're adding oh. 23 to that, hey. so it's 25. Both of you are able to perceive that there is a human skeleton currently chained to the ground, as and he is restrained on all four limbs. He has cuffs around his wrists and also his ankles, and they are drilled and bolted these chains directly into the stone floor. The room around is actually also lined with more uh, sheen metallic substances, and there are a number of various benches and work tables. Uh, Most interestingly enough, though, Daniel, you do find uh, a a large number of tools and parts uh, and and of various shapes and sizes, all all kinds of... um, You do find some very intricate... uh, drills and screws and hand um, inclements, uh, but you also find a, a number of various sized gears as well. Um, but some of them seem particularly sized and gold to fit the clock that you are working on over at Pavel's house. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure this is Dr. Vasquez's workplace, but what we don't know is if that's Dr. Vasquez... Or somebody else. The most interesting and striking thing to you, Ash, uh, as you have been talking and conversing with uh, Petre, even though everyone has called him nothing but a loon and an, an insane individual, you see that there are a number of deep etched claw marks 
deep into the uh, the stone floor and around the room, all within arm's reach of this humanoid skeleton. Daniel? Yeah? I don't think this is Dr. Vas. I mean, it could be Dr. Vasquez, but I don't think this is just an ordinary human. Well, yeah, that was kind of a given. given I think the... it's a werewolf. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was pretty big news. Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> not. Re- I mean, we're both we're we're both werewolves. I'm not really that surprised by much of anything anymore. I'm kind of just surprised out for the time being. Okay. Okay. So, what are we? What do we want to find here, Daniel? Well, see if there's any notes of any kind and. Such of that that could tell us perhaps what went on here, because it's not very often yeah. that you find a person chained to a wall and massive claw marks in the wall. Yeah, perception check for a diary. I will also perception check for some form of notes and or diary and or book. So you all are able to go through, and there are actually a good number of drawers attached to these workbenches, and you're able to find scraps of loose drawings and sketches, schematics of sorts, for various tools and instruments, a number of constructs as well as Dr. Vasquez was noted for making. And yet, even though you had known Dr. Vasquez to be a very well-documented individual, you haven't found a diary or anything of the sort around in this room. Well, no diary, but I am totally taking all of those uh, tools and other schematics. Those are mine now. (laughs) You were able to, however, after reading and parsing through all of these, a lot of his writings that are left on uh, some of his schematics, he does make brief descriptions and everything, and he makes constant notes to remember to write in a diary. Hmm. So, so Ash, do you see these things? Like, are are these notes on your... Uh, on the pictures you're finding too, like to know yeah, in the diary. yeah. There's got to be some kind of diary around here. Either not, if not that, then in the house. Okay, well, but maybe we could find out. You know, okay. So my guess is Doctor Vasquez was a werewolf. All right, and then he like chained himself, you know, to like to to keep himself down here, and then he just and then he just died. I guess, I guess. But yeah, we got to find out. We got to find a diary. I don't know where we could find that. You got any ideas? I mean, we could sweep the house okay, and make sure that it's not here. But the other logical place it could have been was in Yenemut. And I don't really think they'd be particularly thrilled about seeing us again. Oh, right. That place. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that, that place. That place that you turned into a werewolf and turned me into a werewolf. Yeah, good times, good times. Okay. Not good times, but okay. we'll go with good times. Okay, do we want to go there? I don't know. The Yenemut? Do you no. want to? Okay, you, you know what? Let's sweep the house. Let's sweep Let, the yeah. house. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. not go on a suicide mission. Okay, okay, we're going <laughs> to sweep the house. So with this, you guys have managed to pass your time and the days seem to go by rather quickly with Ash going about the town gathering numerous amounts of information uh, and Daniel helping out Pavel the blacksmith you were able to notice that Daniel the some of the gears you found down in Vasquez's shop perfectly fit into the clock and yet there is still what seems to be a centerpiece missing something that without it the clock itself will not move Oh, so it's like some sort of main gear. 
Per the direction of all of the gears facing, it seems that no individual one piece should be able to turn everything. So with all of your understanding of engineering, you think it honestly couldn't be mechanical, but perhaps some sort of magical implement that is missing to turn the clock. Oh. If it's the key. Probably not, but... Try the key, try the key. Do it, do it, do it. What's the worst that could happen? Famous last words. (laughs) Uh, So with this, you two, two weeks go by, and you find yourselves living day in, day out, and you have finally paid your debt, if you would, to Pavel, and yet you have come hardly any closer to understanding why you're here. But I will also say this. Whenever you find yourselves transforming into werewolves, you actually still find yourself either digging above towards the bunker where you found the skeleton, or if the room is left open, finding yourself in the room laying at the center of it. Hmm. That clock has to do with it, doesn't it? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. Snow, I bet you are wondering why I've gathered you here today. Uh, yeah. Why Why am I out of bed right now? Uh, you are out of bed because we need to know what happens after and before. After and before what? Yep, so you wake up in Castle Remedolf today. Oh, uh, I keep speaking to that weird ghost. Ghost? Yeah. What ghost? The ghost that keeps talking to me in my head, telling me that I'm doing something for some reason in uh, the game. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so you wake up today in Castle Remedolf. It seems like it's kind of cloudy out right now, as if it might be raining. Why is this guy crying? And Ugh. you just hear a faint sobbing outside your bedroom door. Why is this guy crying indoors? Maybe because it feels my feelings. Snow goes to the door and opens it. There, there, buddy. You'll be fine. You'll 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 move on. And whoa, 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 guys, what's what's going on? That left. She died. No. Oh. She just stopped and abandoned us. Snow pauses for a really long Did time. Did you get a letter? Uh, I look at Wilson first. Yeah, Snow. Uh, check your uh, your little seedy benchy thingy in front of your bed. She turns back, goes to the little seedy benchy thing in front of my bed, which would be the chest at the end of the bed. That's what that's called. Specifically, the chest at the end of the bed. So resting on top of your chest is a envelope, seemingly. The chest at the end of the bed, not your actual chest. <laughs> oh, that would have been a miracle in general. There seems to be a letter on top of a small little box. Oh, I pick it up and I open up the letter. I look it over. Why are there so many words on this? You got words? What did you get? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Wilson, what, what's going on? Don't, no, 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 don't bring it up. Just sometimes it's better to forget. And you look at Wilson and you see he has really large bags under his eyes. It looks like he didn't sleep at all last night. He's just sitting there next to Clyde with his arm around his shoulder, kind of just like patting him. You see that there's like multiple goblets at their feet. Were you guys drinking all night? Oh, I mean, he had, like, juice, mostly. Oh. It reminds me of a simpler time. Like preschool, where you just got grab crackers and your heart not stabbed repeatedly. Oh. 
you know, Clyde, we, um, it's gonna be okay. Uh, yeah, bud, we've, we've got graham crackers. And he just, wants to just hands him some graham crackers. He's just gnawing on them like a squirrel. Wilson, where? Have you prepared this for yourself? What? I mean, how else are you supposed to make s'mores? Wait, you've had a kit for making s'mores? I mean, I know this is not important right now. I'm just, you know what? Uh, you, you know, maybe you guys should go camping. Uh, I mean, we, you know, she's got a great point, Clyde. Whenever I was sad, me and the old man, we used to always go out into the woods and drop it. I don't know. I'm not going camping. All right, hear me out then. Hear me out. Listen, we don't go camping. It's just two guys going out into the woods, surviving on nothing but the environment around them with a tent. That sounds an awful lot like camping. Nope, that's that's not camping. That's just two guys going out it's in the not woods. not camping. We don't have yep. a camper. It's not camping. Yep, no. That's, Semantics. Those words are important. Yep, it, it, it's tenting. tenting. We're going to pitch a tent, Clyde. Snow pauses for a moment, thinking about all the times that that joke was made with Clyde, and she pauses and shakes her head. I thought he used to say we'd pitch a tent, but we made pillow boards. Um, then we don't use a tent. We burn the tent, we throw it in a fire while we make s'mores. Is that all? Yeah, I guess that's all you could do. We could light, light the tent on fire or make s'mores out of the tent. It's like burning, burn it, leave it. The more he talks about the fact that they'd be going to do s'mores without her, it's making her jealous. Well, I mean, Snow, you can come too. Ugh, I mean, I could, but I think this would be, um, you, you, need, you need bro time. Bro time, yeah, that's important. Yeah, Clyde, it'll be really important to just get away from, from the women. members of the opposite sex for a little. You just need to just hone in and find yourself. Really discover who you are out while discovering nature. Maybe Indolans had a point. This team really did loosen up all my congestion, and I've been having a lot of really bad readiness right now. This might be helpful. I'm sorry, I don't have any tissues. Okay, I've been using Wilson's cape. Oh, lovely. It, it's, it's now a very different shade of green. Love, lovely, Wilson. You should probably never wear that again. Ever. I planned on burning it with the tent. Good plan. Good, good plan, Wilson. I guess what I'll do is uh, maybe I'll go out and try and see if I can find our other compatriots, you know. Well, we're not going to be finding anything before we find breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day, Snow. Oh, yeah. Breakfast. Yeah. I had so much bread last night. Son, I really used to like breakfast. Stop thinking about... Don't think about anything that's related to her. Yeah, it's she who must not be named will not be named nor mentioned. But son, no, she who must not be named. She who must not be named. It's really forbidden. Like you can't even bring though. up that. Okay, no, I'm sorry. It's better if you talk about it. Although I can see, Wilson, that you've been dealing with this for a while. Hours, Snow. Why? Here, here, come with me. Why don't Why don't you and I, you can tell me how you're feeling. Okay, Snow. Snow passes a thumbs up to Wilson. Oh. I got this. I got this. I, just, I, want a, I want a cup of coffee right now. I'm just going to go downstairs to try and recoup. Maybe find a nice fruit bowl, you know? Those are very nourishing. I wonder if they have Turkish coffee. They might. We'll find out. All right. So you three are making your way down the stairs from 
where your rooms currently are and you venture into the main throne room before you end up going into the dining hall which are interconnected to one another and right as you do you hear a giant crack of thunder and the front doors swing wide open but with the blistering light that is gleaming through you see nothing but a silhouette of what seems to be a massive giant two-headed creature that's mildly horrifying Oh, Snow, do we kill it? Frog? Hi, guys! It's been so long! And you see as one of the heads off the silhouette jumps off, and as the lightning fades and the room lighting goes back to normal, you see Crystal jump on the ground and run towards you guys. Snow takes her arm off of Clyde that she was using to pat his back and greets Crystal with a hug. Crystal runs and jumps and says, Sneak attack! And jumps in for a hug. Meanwhile... Grog is now bull rushing down the center aisle, screaming, Sneak attack! And he goes in for a giant hug and almost tackles you, but stops right as he does and kind of grabs all three of you and lifts you all off the ground. Snow just says, This is not what you would call sneak attack. I'm so immensely stealthy, Snow. Look, look at how successful it is. I got three people in one go. Technically four. Crystal's crushed between us all. Oxygen. <laughs> Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. Ah, uh, so what brings you guys here? I'm so glad to see you. Did you happen to find? We were out in the woods hunting actual cannibals. Shia LaBeouf? No, but he did have a knife. But luckily, we knew jujitsu, so we were able to fight our way off before we got our legs caught in bear traps, which were not for bears. We found out, but werewolves. That's right. I, I, I still lost my left toe. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Or so he thought, because it was a dream. But then we actually went out into the woods, and we did indeed track werewolves, and we found out where they may be hiding. Yep, this is my odd guild. This is my group. I love you guys so much. So you're saying that werewolves, maybe, maybe those two might be there. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know many other werewolves. There's a lot of spoopy things going on. Um, from exploring a little bit further in Yenemut, where we last found them, we found out that there's like ghosts, zombies, fish creatures that kidnap you and drown you in your sleep. Legit? Why didn't we stay in Yenemut? And I just look at everybody. Uh... One of us was taken to jail and then almost tried and executed. That, that was uh, rhetorical, Wilson. Yeah. Because Sienna saved Sana before she abandoned us and stabbed us all in the heart. Um, she who shall not be named. What, what is all this about all this going on? Uh, I, we'll, we'll fill you in later. We should probably focus on finding the people who want to be found first. Snow tries to signal like, spell out the word Zana in the air. Oh no, something happened to Samantha. <laughs> God, God, j- j- you, you can't even spell regularly. Why are you trying to read air signs? Well, I just thought it was pretty close. I saw that little squiggly thing that looked like a snake, and I'm just like, ooh, snakes and Samantha sound very similar. That's actually really close, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. That was more of a hint. Um... All right, so... I do love charades. Maybe we could do it while we're on the way. Well, they're going to be going off and... Uh, I look at Wilson. Camping? No, no. We're we're in the woods, burning tents. Bro time. We're we're brunting. Got it. So they're going to be out brunting. (laughs) (laughs) What a name. 
Oh my gosh, what a name. How do you... Okay, you two brunt each other real good, okay? Snow starts laughing. <laughs> it sounds so bad. Don't worry, I brunt myself from time to time. Yeah. Well, we're gonna, um, we're gonna, we're gonna get some breakfast and, uh, maybe try and figure out where we're gonna go. We're probably gonna camp right on the outskirts of the Queen's Forest if you need us, though. Okay. We're brunt, brunt. We're gonna brunt outside. Very, yes, brunt. We're very bruntingly, very brisk brunt in the Brornings, um, right outside the edge of the Queen's Forest. Wilson, you don't have to make it an alliteration. It kind of worked, though. It was kind of cute, but yeah. don't do it anymore. Nah. <laughs> Anyways, so there's a small town outside, uh, kind of, you know, directionally from here. You, you, uh, well, it, it's our left from where we're standing, but technically it's on the east coast of the continent. And we, we heard that there have been some werewolf sightings. All right. Do you know how far that town is from here? It would be about two or three days. All right, then. I guess that's what we're going to have to do. Are you guys hungry? Uh, I ate a sheep on the way here. Oh. I haven't eaten. I'm going to get some food and stock up on... We should probably stock up on supplies. We've kind yeah. of been hunting the things we found running around the wilderness for the past couple of days. We ha had a lot of squirrels. Their tails can be made into jerky. I don't know how to take that, but I will. And so I'm, I'm going to go see what I... I'm going to go let the queen know that we're going to head out. And Grog kind of just barrels into the room where everyone's walking and talking about sustenance and just starts gorging himself. And you see various members of the queen's guard kind of loitering about, uh, dawdling and going about their ways. All right. So after this, guys, we'll gather our supplies and we'll head out. Good luck, Wilson. I'm going to need it. Oh. Message me if you need me. Likewise, no. Okay. We'll stay in touch. You know. All right. Long distance. Yeah. You make it work. Strong bond, who was. So, um, besides all this awkward tension that's in the room, Grog found a bowl of soup and is drinking it. It's kind of chunky. I think it's got some little meaty bits in there, and I think that's a carrot. But um, other than that, I've not eaten this well in like days. Where are we going with this? Uh, hopefully, this new town to the east, oh. southeast from here. It's called Lunka. Okay. But anyways, yeah, we should probably pack up and leave right away. Once this storm blows over, we should probably roll out. Oh, yeah, that is true. There is a storm out there. When we get, we can leave in the cover of darkness and night. We'll never be able to find us. No, we should probably leave in the morning. But then we should probably leave now, even though it's raining. Never, better late than never, but also better now than when we could get killed. So let's head out as soon as we can. Grab a bunch of food. He says as he, like, outstretches his arm and just leans into the table and picks up, like, 15 dishes all at the same time and just starts walking up with them and make our way out the door. Oh, okay. Snow really quickly would go... Wait, was there a shop at the castle? Not a shop, but the queen did say if there was ever anything you need to just ask. Okay, so I go up to Dorian. You are able to, after a couple of minutes, it takes you like 10 minutes to find him loitering. He's going about his daily business as the queen's vizier. He's going about his, his daily routine and making sure that everything in the castle is in order. And you do find him eventually out in the by the stables. Dorian. Oh, well, yes, no. It's wonderful to see you. I hope you rested well. Is it storming? The stables are outside in the storm, right? The stables is a covered building. It, I know, but do I have to walk through? They are connected to the castle. Okay, so I'll go through. 
Lovely weather we're having today. Isn't it great? Uh, okay. We're going to be heading out soon. Oh, so quickly. What is such an urgent matter? We have to go find some of our party members that went missing when we were in Yenemut. By all means. Is, is there anything I can do to assist you? Just some rations for the travel time that it would take to get there. Sure, absolutely. I, I, we can supply you with a good couple weeks rations. I know some of the wilderness out there can be treacherous, but you've proven yourself in battle to be quite a mighty for yourself, so I'm sure you will all be fine. She smiles. Thank you, Dorian. I really do appreciate it. We will probably be heading out, I believe, today. That's fine. I can have some of the Queen's Guard rush and equip your barding with everything you need for a good few weeks' journey. And if you would like, I can even send a messenger crow with you. Oh, absolutely. That'd be great. Uh, we will have some sort of uh, messenger fly above head. That way, if you ever need us, and he hands you a small whistle, just blow this whistle and we will be able to get anything you need. She puts it in her inventory. Likewise, though, if you are unable to do so, it will come back and collect us if it deems that you are in grave danger. Thank you so much, Dorian. I'm going to miss you, but we'll be back, I promise. Well, I sure hope so. There's still plenty to be done here. We haven't even got you situated in your new houses. Yes. Well, she re like she extends her arms. Oh, he comes in for a, for a hug. hug. Okay, Absolutely. so she gives him a very good hug and she backs off. Did you see if Ara and Galahan had headed off today? Yes, they left at the crack of dawn. And actually, two of your other compatriots left going in opposite directions the evening before as well. Oh, that must have been Zana and Uguin as well. I mean, that makes sense. I hope they're going to be okay. I'll have to check in with them later. Thank you so much for the information, Dorian. My pleasure, Duchess. If you wouldn't mind, give my regards to the Queen. Of course. Gladly. And with that, you all group up. Your rations and everything you need readily supplied by the Queen's Guard, you're actually able to get everything attached onto your barding before noonday, and you're set off to where Crystal and Grog inform you to be the last place that a werewolf was sighted, and that will be the town of Lunka. So with that, everyone, I think that's actually going to cut it off for this week's section of Sword Art Online. Odd. Glad you all could join us for Season 3, Episode 2. Special thank you to Mohit Dano. Glad you guys are able to join us again for uh, the brief little bit. Hope you're enjoying yourselves. But with that, I do believe we're going to wrap it up. So thank you, everybody, uh, for staying tuned. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this week's episode of Sword Art Online Odd. If you really enjoyed it, then please do uh, like, subscribe anywhere where you're finding your podcasts, or you could also leave us a review on iTunes if you really wanted. If you wanted to share us with anyone, we are on most platforms such as YouTube, Spotify, or you can find us on our website at missingroleplayerfound.com. You can also support us at our Patreon if you really wanted to go the extra mile. It would mean a lot to all of us, and it's what keeps us going and able to make new content for all of you. You can find us at bit.ly forward slash support MRPF, and there are multiple different tiers that we have there with a bunch of different goodies that you can find out there. But other than that, please do stay engaged with us on our social media. You can find us on our Discord regularly where we're all in the chat, or you can uh, tune in on Twitter or Instagram at RollFound. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.